What's up, guys? It's three-time NFL Pro Bowler, all-decade return specialist, Josh Cribs. I want to welcome you to the College Sports Connection podcast, where AA Alex and AJ host the Mid-American Conference best. everybody welcome back to the college sports connection podcast i'm your host alex the captain joining me as always aj the guru what's going on everybody aj welcome back we had a great weekend last weekend well i had a great weekend last weekend i don't know about you we had a great time at ball state toledo we did one of us had fun <laughs> we were able to go down tailgate see some old things run into some old people i haven't seen in a while sure uh, that's the first game i've been to at ball state i think i've been to one since i graduated so this is the second time uh, it was fun getting down there, seeing the old stomping grounds, getting my dancing Charlie swag. Yeah, um, I had dancing Charlie. School. We stopped by, I got some Greeks. We got to, but we got to tailgate though, and we, you know, you know, I talked about this going into that game is we were going to enjoy it as fans instead of work because we've mm-hmm. worked games before. We haven't really enjoyed them yet as fans, so we were able to do that. It was a beautiful Saturday out, caught some sun. Uh, you, uh, myself, my wife, and a friend of mine who went to Ball State, we uh, we had a great time and. Uh, you know, for that game, it was a lot of people. I was very surprised and very excited to see Schumann Stadium full as, as full as it was. Yeah, I think I remember seeing somewhere the attendance was close to nineteen to 20,000 for yeah. that game. So that was great to see and obviously great atmosphere. Toledo taking that game 22 to 12 in the final minutes, uh, causing a safety at the end of the game to mm-hmm. seal the deal. But enough about last weekend. We're already moving on to week four of the college football season. I'm sorry, week five of the college football season. Yeah. I can't believe we're already here. And this week, to kind of help us talk about the MAC East and all things University of Buffalo, we are joined by a special guest, a sports broadcaster and a student at Buffalo who serves as the reporter and the social media director for the UB hockey team. Mm-hmm. Everybody, welcome Sarah Holland. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. No, we're, uh, we're excited to have you on and, uh, again, talk all things Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to recap a little bit, we met you at Media Day, right? Yes, yeah. So... Kind of fill us in there what your role was uh, during those that day or two that you were there. Yeah, so Jeremy Guy actually invited me as a student volunteer um, to help run the Instagram and TikTok. And I had an awesome partner, uh, Lily Whitman. We worked together to just grab some like great content um, for everything Mac Media Day. So we put together like a bunch of funny TikToks of the guys, got to take pictures of them in their jerseys and their suits, and then um, do some like fun, quick interviews and be able to put them up on Instagram and Twitter. So that's kind of what we did uh, uh, during then. Sure. And with with doing that with the conference, was that something that Jeremy had a list of people that he just wanted to reach out to for each school? Or was it uh, you volunteered to be put on a list? How did that work? How did that connection happen? So I emailed him earlier this past year, and I was just asking if there was any opportunities that they gave college students um, that wanted to work in the sports media industry. And he was basically like, yeah, of course. So he was like, welcome to me with open arms. And then I think in like maybe May or June, I can't remember the like exact month, but he had mentioned if I wanted to go and help out and I was all for it. So it kind of started then. Sure. Sure. And that's uh, obvious. Jeremy is very friendly, very welcoming and 
loves to get the the positive news of Maction out to the world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're thankful for that connection with him, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you are as well. And glad to have met you there and to bring you on the show. Let's talk about you taking on the social media director and the team reporter position with Buffalo Hockey. I, From what I was reading, that looks like this is your first year doing that? Yes. So okay. um, they their season got canceled last year due to COVID, unfortunately. I think they only played a couple games in maybe March. Um, but this is the first time since I was a freshman um, that they've actually had a full season starting at the beginning of the school year. Um, and their first game is actually tomorrow night, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, I just, I reached out to their uh, coaching staff in August and I was like, if you guys want anyone to come and broadcast games, like do some pre and post game interviews, um, help run the social media as I'm all for it. Like I want to get as many, as much experience, uh, um, as I can before I graduate college. So mm-hmm. they, again, opened me like welcomed me with open arms, uh, right from the start. We're like, really take it over, do whatever you want to do. We're here to let you get experience. So they've been great to work with. And I've uh, been so excited. So so what is your end goal when you graduate? Is it on camera, off camera, behind the scenes? Where do you see yourself working at in the next, you know, because obviously I've worked in sports. My major was in sports. We know it's a very, very, very tough cutthroat industry. And it's hard to break in. So kind of where is your, with your experience now, where do you see yourself kind of fitting into the mold? I, I, would say the end goal is on camera. I would love to be like a sideline reporter. I'm a big hockey fan. I kind of, that's where my love for sports kind of started. I'm from the DC area. So grew up a big caps fan, big, like DC sports fan. Um, I would love to sideline report or um, almost be like an anchor. I I think like pre and post game shows, like they do a lot of that for the NBA and um, Mm -hmm. NHL. So I, I think that would be awesome. You're right. You're right. I mean, yeah. It's a great place to be. I mean, court side, sideline or courtside, you can't really beat it, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, obviously, you mentioned loving hockey. Do you have any favorite hockey moments, uh, either at Buffalo or growing up? You said you grew up a big Caps fan. Any yeah. moment that sticks out to you that really made you fall in love with the sport? I would say the moment that sticks out to me is watching the Capitals win their first Stanley Cup. I was a junior in high school. So um, my dad and I grew up like huge Caps fans. And um, ever since they kind of started their, like the Ovechkin era, um, my dad was like, we're saving up for Stanley Cup finals tickets. Like that's what we're saving up for. Obviously we had to deal with many years of heartbreak um, Mm -hmm. before we could actually go to a game. And then when they made the finals against the Vegas Golden Knights, we bought tickets to the game I think it was game three. So right before they, or game four, right before they won the Stanley cup um, in Vegas. But so I got to see their last home game before they brought home the Stanley cup. And then my dad let me skip school to see their Stanley cup parade the following week on Tuesday. So um, I live pretty close to DC, but we went to the city. Um, I've never seen so many caps fans like in like just swarm. Like you couldn't even walk on the streets of DC. It was like caps fans everywhere. It was awesome. And then, I got to see um, like Ovi right in front of me lift the cup. So I think out of all the moments, that's probably uh, that. That's probably the one that stands out to me. So I'm a Cleveland guy, so I get it when the Cavs want it. It's the same feeling essentially. Yeah. It's been it's been forever, so I completely get that. So from DC to Buffalo, what was the draw to you? Be because I mean it's not that far, but I'm sure DC had a lot to offer. But what kind of made you leave that area and head up to New York? So my mom is from Hamburg, which if you're not familiar with the Buffalo area, it's just like 30 minutes down south of um, 
UB. And I originally came actually to play softball. So I was on the D1 softball team and ended up continuing not to play just because I wanted to allow all my focus to go to my career. It was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. But, um, you know, ultimately for me, it was my career over over softball. And again, it was super hard, but all my roommates still play softball. So I'll go and support them at the field, which is awesome. I love it. But um, UB was kind of when I was looking at the school in terms of coming here as an athlete, it had everything I wanted. And, um, you know, some family members live here, which is awesome. Um, and I was familiar with the area uh, because my mom is from Hamburg. Sure. Yeah, I've been to Buffalo once. It was for Browns Bills game a couple of years ago, but still, I mean, downtown's a blast. We had oh, yeah. so much fun down there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely need to get back. But that was like the week before Christmas. So it was, I was in an ideal time to be there. But nevertheless, <laughs> it was terrible. I was yeah. like, RG3 was our quarterback, and we went 1 of 15 that year or something like that. So it was just, you know, it was just terrible all the way down. Yeah. But I did see tables, people going through tables, got the whole experience, you know, you, you sure. can't really. So let's get into hockey. Let's talk about UB hockey. Obviously, Mac, not well known for hockey, but yet it still is a staple within the country. You look at especially Buffalo, Miami, Ohio, some of those programs. Let's talk a little bit about the the, uh, Buffalo program this year. So it's hard to say, you know, when I look at their team, um, they have so many new guys. It's like, it's insane. So I, I really don't know what how they're going to match up against other teams that they're playing, especially in their conference. Um, that's why I've been, I've been going to some of their practices lately just to kind of get a feel of, you know, what I may see and, you know, who the lines are. Um, but even the coaching staff there, I was talking to them the other day and they were like, we really don't know. We don't really have set lines right now. Um, just with how many new faces, you know, are on the team. So sure. um, I'm thinking after their first game, their first couple games this weekend, we'll probably have a good idea of sort of what they, what they're looking for. Um, But yeah, as of right now, it's really hard to say, you know, how well I think they have a lot of freshmen. So I think it's going to be interesting. Definitely. So the Mac obviously doesn't sponsor hockey. That's uh, what, what conferences Buffalo play in and how does that kind of differ from what the NCAA sponsors? I know it's what the ACHA or AH or HAHCA. Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. ACHA, but um, so they've been switching conferences a little bit, but I don't know the exact name of it because there's been some teams that have left it lately. So even like our, some of the players are confused as to what like is happening with the schedule. But um, I know they have Rutgers. Um, I think it's like Rutgers, Canisius, some local schools in Niagara mm-hmm. um, so far. But like I said, they've had some teams drop out due to COVID so it's kind of just changing here and there. And I think once the season starts, it'll pretty much hopefully be the same as long as there's no COVID outbreaks. Um, but so far, I you know, it's, it's hard to tell. So with uh, in regards to like with everything going on with the COVID um, and you're doing your reporting from the sidelines and, you know, all that stuff. What, what kind of protocols have they set in place for you and as that are different from previous years? What are they doing differently for the reporter and, uh, and the, the equipment staff? What's, what, do you have, what have you noticed that's different? As of right now, it's like I'm sort of the only one really on the staff. Like I, I kind of run everything, but I don't really mind it because it's obviously a lot of experience being added. Mm-hmm. But um they kind of were telling me, you know, as of right now, you have to be careful with who you're around. Um, 
And, you know, if you're feeling sick, don't feel that you need to come to a game. Obviously, all of the um, protocols that are probably in place in, in most places. But I know that UB is pretty strict with um, their COVID protocols. Everyone has to be vaccinated. Um, so I'm pretty sure everyone on the hockey team has to be vaccinated as well since it's a club sport. Um, so I, there's some of that. But as of right now, they're kind of just like, be as careful as you can. Let us know anything. And, you know, they're also watching over their guys as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming there's not an arena on campus where these guys play. Uh, mm-hmm. Where where they host their home games at? So thankfully, they do have an arena right across campus. It's You can walk across the street. It's right there, which is super nice um, and convenient for, like, freshmen that maybe don't have uh, cars or anything. Um, but it's about a five-minute drive from my apartment. Yeah. That's not bad at all. That's uh, nice and easy for you. Exactly. So I, I do want to kind of talk a little bit about Buffalo, the scene of the university and stuff. Do you have any like favorite places to go to on university when you're just hanging out, hanging out with your friends, whatever, any special spots that you have? Yeah. So it's, it was hard last year, you know, cause of COVID obviously I didn't have any mm. classes on, I mean, in seems person. to be the consistent theme is things were hard last year because yeah, of COVID. Things were hard. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So um, this year, it's kind of been when I do have time, the only place I find myself at is Starbucks. Honestly, it's so basic, but like, I actually think the Starbucks on campus is the busiest Starbucks in Western New York. That's what I've heard. It's kind of a pain going in there, like super long lines. It's the only like really good coffee place on campus, unless you want Tim Hortons, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, which is pretty controversial, I guess, if you live in Buffalo. I was going to say you're pretty sure. close to Canada. Don't let the don't let the I know. Canadians hear that. I have two. My my roommates are Canadians, so oh, they, man. I like I've convinced them though that Starbucks is better. So they right. they've kind of hopped off the Tim Hortons bandwagon, like not bandwagon, but the train. Mm-hmm. Now they're they're Starbucks lovers, but um, yeah, as of right now, it's really just I'll I'll be in class or at Starbucks, and then I go back to my apartment. Right. So Buffalo, we have not yet made a trip to Buffalo. Uh, we're trying to, but it's kind of hard and, you know, if, all yeah. traveling and whatnot. Uh, talk about the campus a little bit. Is it something that's spread out? Is it pretty compact, pretty easy to get around? You know, it, uh, is the football facilities, you know, the off campus, far off campus, things like that? So the football facility is like right I wouldn't say it's in the middle, but it's on campus. It's pretty easy to walk to from dorms and stuff. I remember – this was actually my first, I've been to one game um, and I had to drive and I was like, where do I park? Because at freshman year when I went to all the games, I walked from my dorm. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a bad walk and they have buses and stuff for when it gets cold. Um, but the campus is, is pretty much made for the winter. So all of our buildings connect underground. So we mm-hmm. don't have to go outside unless we're going to the parking lot or like some areas. Um, but it's really, it's made really well for the snow. Um, which is awesome if you don't want to go outside in the winter, which right. not many kids do here. Um, I, I like the campus a lot. I've heard mixed things from students. Some students wish it didn't look as outdated. It kind of, it, people say it looks like it's the 1970s with all the brick they have. It's definitely not super modern, but I think mm-hmm. they're adding a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm not sure if I'll still be a student when it all gets here, but I like, mm-hmm. I like the buildings. I think um, they're not, you know, obviously you go to some bigger schools and it's probably like, wow, super nice. Mm-hmm. So it's not the nicest, but um, they definitely have, they're definitely made really well for the Buffalo winters, which pretty much last longer than anyone would like them to. <laughs> sure. 
So I get that. Yeah, my uh, my wife is from Montana, so she went to Montana State, and it's winter nine months out of the year, oh, and sure. so they just okay. you know they snow ski across campus and cross country ski just because there's this there's no way around it because you can't have snow days. And yeah. the same thing I'm sure in Buffalo, you, you had snow days, you'd never go to class. Well, yeah, I remember freshman year I was. Um... I, so I'm from Virginia. And if we got one inch of snow, we would be off for like two days. And then mm-hmm. I come here, I wake up one morning and there's like three feet and I'm like, oh, we probably have off classes today. And then I asked my roommate who's from the Western New York area and she was laughing at me. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is nothing. And then I wake up <laughs> two minutes later, it's, all the snow is plowed. Like the mm-hmm. sidewalks are clear. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how um, it was the ball state. So I think in my four years there, we missed two days maybe. Oh yeah. If that, that was just because of negative wind chill. Outside of that, we were, we were still trekking the class. So yeah. that's about where we were at Toledo. It's again, you know, it had to be like negative 35 with wind chill and yeah. then they would cancel class. But other than that, it didn't matter how much snow was on the ground. You're going to class. Exactly. So I do want to transition into the Mac East a little bit. Obviously Buffalo is a member of the Mac East, the representative to the 2020 Mac football championship where they did fall unfortunately to ball state last year aj was pretty happy to be there for that (laughs) Um, but uh buffalo started the year off pretty solid this year um big win over wagner to kick the season off obviously a loss to nebraska with a setback a real close game to coastal carolina and then obviously last week beating old dominion let's kind of hear what your predictions are for the mac east and we can go opponent by opponent or we can kind of go however you want to do this. But yeah. I mean, looking at their schedule, I think Buffalo's got a real shot after watching their first four games at going back to Detroit. Yeah. I mean, I think from the start of the season, I have Buffalo winning the Mac East. Um, they, I, I see them having another great season. This to me is a very well-rounded team. Um, I think they saw a lot of action this off season, obviously with an entirely new coaching staff coming in departures from key players, whether that was, you know, to the transfer portal or to the NFL itself, Jarrett Patterson got to see him in action last week against the bills, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. But, um, you know, I think the, the biggest question mark heading into this season was their wide receiving group. And Keon Williams has been a great addition to that group. Um, I think he leads the Mac in receiving actually, um, the last time I talked to him. Yeah. So, um, and obviously a key player in Taylor Riggins who missed the whole 2020 season with an injury. Unfortunately, I think he's, you know, returning back to his all Mac form. Um, mm-hmm. and I think this team again, like I said, is well-rounded. Um, so I'm excited to see, you know, what they can do in the Mac. Obviously I think once they get into conference play, it can be a whole, like a whole nother season. You could literally, any team could, you know, find themselves on the top of the Mac East. But um, I have high hopes uh, for what this Buffalo team can do. Sure. Well, I look- you, know, you mentioned ahead, you're from Virginia. Somebody else from Virginia, Kevin Marks. You know, he was somebody who stepped up major last year after uh, Patterson went down. You know, in the in the bowl or the uh, Mac championship in the bowl game. Right here on the on the year, he's 254 yards, three touchdowns. I don't think he's quite hit his stride yet. But as we get into the Mac play here, starting this week against Western Michigan. I think he's somebody he, or Trees rather, is going to rely on uh, to get the ball moving down the field because he does have the talent not only running it but catching it out of the backfield as well. Yeah, I agree. And then, I mean, obviously looking at Kyle Trees as well, you know everybody knows what he did last year leading Buffalo to the MAC championship. I mean, he's already got almost 800 yards this season. He looks to be back in midseason form already. This first week against Buffalo for conference play, 
Obviously, it doesn't affect the Mac East standings too much, but I think every single game counts yeah. a lot more now that we're finally hitting conference play. And I think this this one could be a shootout. Yeah, this I was actually I was looking at um, Western Michigan because uh, I met Caleb Elby at um, the Mac Media Day, and sure. I was like, I, I just wanted to like see how they were doing, and I saw that he's been playing pretty well this season. Mm-hmm. Insane. So I was I was um, you know extremely excited for this game. Um, I'm hopefully I can get to the game on Saturday, but um, yeah, I definitely think this is probably going to be one of the toughest games for UB. I these are two teams I think I could see back in Detroit this season. So. Okay. Yeah. Western, Western Michigan, obviously with that huge win over Pittsburgh uh, in non-conference play. And I think that was kind of one that took everybody by surprise. We did our weekly pick them and AJ picked Western Michigan to pull that upset, obviously got that correct. But Caleb Elby, I mean, he was on our list of young guys to watch for in the coming years. And he's already showing why he's going to be a name the country will know here shortly. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit ago here how well-rounded this team is, and you know having a new coach come in just a few weeks before camp. I think I don't think any other team was hit harder than the transfer portal than Buffalo was this year. And for a team to you know become so cohesive so quickly, you know what have you seen? You know from maybe from behind the scenes of you know new there's new players, new coach, entire new coaching staff, new playbook. How are these guys able to adapt so quickly? So. Coming from, you know, a student athlete, I, well, former student athlete, I am lucky enough to be friends with a lot of the guys on the football team. And I, I kind of asked them, I'm like, how do you guys like your new coach? Um, and, and, you know, how have you been able to mesh well with his, you know, different coaching style and the new guys coming in? And they were like, from day one, they loved him. As soon as he, you know, got to the facility, told them, you know, what he wants to do with the program, they were all about it. They said, you know, he's a super fun coach to play for. He is one that, is, you know, is going to push you, but is going to also be, you know, your biggest supporter. So I, I think it's great. Um, you know, obviously all these guys, how much they love him and, you know, the guys coming on. I, I don't I think in my three years that I've been here, obviously not super long, but this is the closest I've seen the football team from behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. seeing their you know, how they celebrate after the games with one another, you know, after practice, when I see what they post on their social medias, it's awesome. So um, I'm happy for them. I think that, um, and I, I think that Coach Mo, as they like to call him um, in Buffalo, I think that, you know, he's a great addition to this program. Was it a surprise around not only the school, but the athletic department that uh, Leopold left? Because I know his name was thrown out, you know, early on last year for head coaching jobs, and then kind of faded off. And all of a sudden, it seemed like, you know, Les Miles is gone and Leopold was heading west. Yeah, I, I remember my initial reaction when I saw it. And I was I was shocked. And then um, I had reached out to a couple of, of my football friends. And I was like, hey, like, you know, what's this about? Like, how are you guys feeling? And they were shocked, too. So I think it was honestly just shock from everyone within the athletic department. And then as we were waiting to see who replaced him, I think once we, once they figured out, they, you know, people started to kind of um, become more excited. Mm-hmm. Well, and I remember after the MAC championship, his name died down, and Mike New from Ball State was the name that people started really talking about. Hey, you know, is is he going to go take another position elsewhere? Mm-hmm. So that was our reaction too when we recorded that week. Was it caught everybody off guard? You know, we remember Twitter blowing up about it and just couldn't believe that his name re elevated and then very quickly went over to Kansas and took a lot of players with him through the through the transfer portal, which we we couldn't believe. Obviously, I know the NCAA's changed a lot of those rules with the transfer portal 
but that was that was a big surprise and i'm sure and sure maybe you can speak to this a little bit but i'm sure a lot of the guys on the football team just kind of said hey let's keep this next man up mentality let's stay focused on what we're doing here and not worry about who's leaving and i know uh, lance was obviously everyone like loved him here in buffalo he was you know um liked amongst every player every athlete you know was always I remember, you know, being in part of the athletic facilities and he'd walk by and make time to say hi to all of us. So mm. he was an awesome guy here in Buffalo. And I think that's probably why so many guys followed him uh, to Kansas. Sure. So let's go ahead and just break down the conference slate for Buffalo really quick. Obviously, we got Western Michigan. You can just give us a quick win, loss, whatever, whatever you think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously taking on Western Michigan at home this week, 12 o'clock on CBSSN. Western Michigan comes in hot. They're looking good. Do you think Buffalo s- stacks up against them? How do you think this one falls out? So this one was, again, like I said, it was the hardest one for me because I was like, these two teams are, are so, um, talented, but, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, Buffalo obviously gave up what was a 28 point halftime lead against ODU? I'm pretty sure it's 28 mm-hmm. points, but um, I think they're, you know, coming back home, they're going to have a strong offensive plan, offensive attack. Um, and I think it's going to be hard for, again, a talented Western Michigan defense. I do see this game being very close. I have probably Buffalo winning maybe by field goal or a touchdown. Um, but I, I do see Buffalo winning. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's interesting too. When you look at the, you know, compare the stats here between Ventrese and Ellaby. I mean, Ellaby's only three. He's thrown 902 yards on the year with Ventrese, you know, not too far behind him at 792. It's going to be a shootout, I think, through the air because both running backs are good. But I think when it's all said and done, the ball is going to be one in the air. And I think you're right. I think this is a game Buffalo should be able to pull out. When you look at the, the matchup predictor, it's 51% Western. 48 uh, Buffalo, but still, it's kind of of still a toss-up, essentially. Yeah. Now, the game that I have highlighted on my calendar um, after what happened last year is the next one where Buffalo travels down to Kent State. This is one that I'm really excited about. Uh, We've talked about Dustin Crum quite a bit on the show and what they've been able to do down there. Kent obviously getting an awful draw for their non-conference slate arguably the toughest non-conference draw of anybody uh maybe akron could contend for that but just looking at that one i think this one could be another shootout for buffalo not the 66 38 win of last year but another another potential opportunity for buffalo what do you think yeah, I, I was looking at this game too, and I think Kent, I have Buffalo and Kent State as my top, you know, picks for the Mac East. I think it's hard. I think they can easily be interchanged. I think when it comes down to it, Kent State obviously their offense is insane. Like mm-hmm. it is, you know, this offense that I, I honestly have no other words to describe it. But you know, from the play of Dustin Crum, um, you know, he he's he's unstoppable. And I think when it comes to Mac play, I think the one area that can maybe um, hurt Kent State is their defense because mm-hmm. last year, you know, they struggled a bit at times. Obviously, we know last time they played Buffalo, they let Jarrett Patterson run for almost 500 yards and like right. it was insane. Yeah. So I don't know. That's where I see it being hard. I think as of right now, depending on how Buffalo plays against Western Michigan, might have a better idea and seeing how Kent State does, mm-hmm. obviously, in their first week of conference play. But um, it's not going to be easy, I think, for either team. Um, 
but I, I am curious to see how much Kent State's defense has improved since last season. Sure. You kind of beat me there, too. This is going to be a very tough test. Similar, the game plan is going to be very similar from Western Michigan to Kent because you do have two quarterbacks who can sling the rock and then also two running backs who can run the ball very well. But I think these are going to be both high-scoring games. But that Kent State game is going to be really interesting. You look at Kent State's record 1-3, and three, we talked about it. Their non-conference has destroyed them. I mean, that's tough. I mean, you had last week at Maryland, which was an all-time uniform game, if you saw that on TV. That was that was a hard one to watch. Yeah. It was That was tough. But, you know, you move on here to conference play. I think Kent State's well-suited for the conference play, but along with Buffalo seeing there are two and two. These next two games for the, the Bulls are going to be massive. Yeah. Moving on to week three, we got Ohio taking on Buffalo. I think a lot of people are writing Ohio off this year. Um, especially after what should have been an easy non-conference schedule with, you know, I think they even lost to their FCS opponent. So just a lot, uh, Dunkest, I think is who that was that they lost to. And so just, I think a lot of people are writing them off, you know, mm-hmm. just not giving them any credence, but I think that's one you have to be careful for if you're a Buffalo fan or a Buffalo player. Cause that's, that's when the Mac teams come up and, uh, smack you around a little bit when you're overlooking them. So I think this one, I've got Buffalo winning this one. It's just not, doesn't look favorable for OU, but it's all about who shows up and plays. Yep, exactly. And anything could happen in the Mac. That's what I always say to people. I'm like, you can never have a sure winner in each, uh, at, at least predictions. I feel like there's been so many times where teams, you know, everyone thought Ohio was going to come out and be, you know, a dominant team. Obviously conference play hasn't even started, but you know, from what I've seen from them in their first four games, it's a huge question mark. They've been, mm-hmm. you know, inconsistent offensively, poor run defense, penalties, injuries, it's missed tackles. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I kind of have them lower down because, you know, I think there's a chance they could obviously be Buffalo. But from what I've seen so far from them this season, um, I, I think it, it's it's really hard to say and be confident that they will. Sure. I mean, you know, even looking at really Buffalo's next three games with Ohio, Akron, Bowling Green, all back to back to back, it's it's hard to get excited about those games, especially after seeing what happened in non-conference play and really kind of how those teams did. Obviously, Bowling Green with that big upset over Minnesota last week. But I mean, overall, Bowling Green hasn't looked that great on the year. Akron, obviously not looking that great on the year. Um, the other team who I really thought had a really tough non-conference schedule. So I, you know, obviously I think, again, you could chalk it up to Akron being a potential win for Buffalo as well as Bowling Green. But like you just said, anything can happen in the MAC. Yeah. And you talked about a little bit ago that the inconsistency for OU, I just kind of pulled some year stats here. The third down efficiency, they're 12 of 43, which is not ideal. You don't want your punter out there on a consistent basis. And it seems to be the way at 27, almost 28% on the year. That's just not going to get it done. It's not, no matter who you're playing FCS or Mac, it's just not helping. Yeah. And I know AJ and I have talked about this and maybe you can chime in on this, but I wonder how much of OU's inconsistencies have been due to the loss of Frank Solich, you know, him leaving the program right before camp and just all that turnaround very quickly, just losing him. I wonder how much of that can really be attributed to that loss. Yeah, I, I know that was a huge loss for their program. Um, and I, I know I got to talk to their head coach a little bit at Mac Media Day as mm-hmm. well. 
But I think a lot of it comes down to also like if they if Ohio wants to be successful in this conference, it's going to depend on what they can get from the inexperience that they have on their O-line. I know that's a big concern right now with, you know, all the injuries, as I mentioned earlier, happening. Um, They haven't been able to give their defense a rest when they're playing. And I think that's not going to help at all. And it's just going to, you know, further um, allow them to play the way they've been playing, you know, over four. So. Sure. Sure. Um, Obviously the last three games on the slate, Miami of Ohio, um, that should be a good game. Miami traditionally a solid Mac program. Um, I know that we've, we've talked about it a couple different times. If you let um, Jack Sorensen get hot and you let him do his thing, he's going to cause a lot of issues. Same with uh, Gabbert, um, Brett, or yeah, Brett Gabbert. I was thinking Blaine Gabbert, but yeah, Brett Gabbert. Um, if you let those guys kind of start to heat up, they, uh, they can really do some damage. Yeah. Miami is not as bad as their record indicates, I don't think. Um, oh, yeah. But again, this is this is one that Buffalo is heavily favored in six one point six percent, according to ESPN's Power Football Index, to thirty eight point four percent for Miami. This could be a trap game. I think this one is at Miami lit early in November. Last three games of the season could be a fun one. Yeah, I you know you mentioned um, Brett Gabber. I think one of the ways that they could beat Buffalo. I, I love, I like Gabbert a lot. I think, um, what was, I was reading that he was Mac freshman of the year of our offensive freshman of the year. Yeah. In 2019. So my freshman year. And, um, I, I kind of think he might, you know, be able to return to that same play this season. So again, like you said, if you let him and Jack Sorensen get hot, you know, it can be, it can be a tough team to beat. You know, uh, Miami was one of those teams too. who kind of got, hit hard with the non-conference starting off week one at Cincinnati, traveling yeah. to Minnesota week two, uh, and playing a tough army team in week four. Uh, but we saw BG beat Minnesota this week. So, you know, that was a close game for, for Miami, yeah. only five points here. So mm-hmm. they have, a, I think, you know, as we get into Mac play, they have a legitimate shot of, you know, pressing towards going to Detroit because, you know, like we said, Gabbert Sorensen, I like their offensive line. Their offensive line has gotten better over the past year or so, protecting Gabbert, letting their run game develop, and giving Gabbert time to throw it. And you, they missed Sorensen, obviously, last year. He got injured against Ball State, I think, week one. And so, you know, that was kind of a small uh, sample size of what he's able to do. But now as we get into the conference play, like you said, anything can happen. Yep. And then, obviously, last two games of the year, Northern Illinois. Um, that is at home for Buffalo. It looks like Buffalo's final home game of the year. Um, and then at Ball State, traveling over to Muncie, a rematch of last year's MAC championship. And yeah. if I have a game circled on my calendar, I think it's this one, if I'm a oh, Buffalo sure. fan. Yeah, me too. I think that this is going to be, you know, I, even speaking with a lot of the guys, they're like, we want to, you know, we want to go back. We want to we want to beat Ball State. Um, and I, I think they have, obviously, the opportunity to do it. I think Ball State's a great team. Um, but, no, yeah, this is definitely a game that I would have circled on my calendar as well. It's perfect too because it's what a November Tuesday November game at seven o'clock. Like, I mean, I might go down to that. I'm only an hour north, so I might go down for it. Yeah. But that's going to be a huge game. Just being in cahoots with the Ball State Athletic Department, knowing some of those guys, that's going to be a huge game, massive game that could determine you know if they're both eligible or not. Because Ball State has looked slow here as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not putting up a touchdown last week against Toledo, four field goals. Um, 
but this is a game that could really make or break Ball State's you know season essentially, whether it's a bowl game or not. Yep. So sounds like uh, you've got Buffalo running the table the rest of the way. That's is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, but yeah, if Buffalo Kent State's kind of up there with me. It's it's hard, but sure. you know, again, I think those two teams I have basically. Okay, so if you had to give a uh, MAC record prediction for Buffalo right now, what's their conference record? They play eight games, right? It's eight games. Eight games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Okay, I definitely think it's going to be. I'm I'm thinking six and two is if I, if I had to pick right now. I think the losses sure. will probably. I think I'm going to say a, a loss against. I'm going to throw in a loss against maybe Kent State. Depending on how you know Dustin Crumb plays, um, sure. <laughs> and then I think you know a loss can come later in the season. Um, you know whether it's that Miami of Ohio game. You know, I, I again I liked what their quarterback can do, um, but yeah, I think I'm rolling with six and two. Six and two. All right, I like now, it. Now Buffalo is in a weird spot when you look at the Mac map as a whole. It's all Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois. Do you think that has any effect? You know, the traveling across. I mean, it's not an easy trip anywhere for Buffalo, essentially. Yeah, I, I know it's hard with when I like when I played, you know, softball, go, having to go out to those areas. It can be like a long bus drive, but obviously they fly, so I think it's a little <laughs> bit nicer. It's a little bit nicer for them. They have a little bit better treatment, but um, what you know, I hear some of them say sometimes it can be a little bit taxing, you know, especially as you get further into the semester, and then you know they're students first, and you know you have exams coming up, finals. Um, but um, I think it can somewhat play a role. I think that definitely them getting flown helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So rolling with a six and two record, obviously yeah. a, a return trip to Detroit. That sounds like that's that's what you're having on your mind, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I want to switch into our last segment for this week. We have eight games going on for the Mac. Two non-conference with Buffalo or with Ball State and Toledo playing their first conference game last week. So we'll just go kind of go down the list. Uh, we'll start with Sarah, AJ, and then I'll give my picks for each one, and then we'll put it on our graphic, and you'll be our guest pick for this week, awesome. and we'll see how you stack up. So okay. first one of the week, we've got Toledo at UMass. This is obviously a former MAC opponent um, up in Massachusetts. Toledo heading up north. Who are you guys taking? I'm going with Toledo. Mm-hmm. And we have Toledo. So there's seven or 27 point favorites. I mean, I don't think that's a, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah. I think it's a no brainer. I'm also going to go Toledo. Totally no Homer bias there. I promise. <laughs> um, so we're, well, and, and we got to see Toledo live last week and their offense moved very efficiently. Yeah. And, and that's kind of one of the things they've, as the season's gone on, their offenses have continued to roll and, you know, pick up some steam going forward, which is going to be huge going into conference play. Agreed. Agreed. Moving on to the big one, uh, the one you're excited about, Western Michigan at Buffalo. I think this one is a coin toss. Um, yeah, for sure. I think – well, I'll, I'll let you guys pick first. Uh, I'll, I'll hold my thoughts till after that way in case you log off when I pick. But, uh, we've got you on record, so go ahead. Um, I'm going with Buffalo, as I've been saying, kind of the whole show. I think obviously it's not going to be an easy one. It could sure. honestly be either of them. But I'm going to stick with – um, you know, I'm gonna stick with Buffalo on this one. Kyle Van Teresa and, and Kevin Marks. Cool. Sure. I'm going Western. Actually, I th- I love the way they played against Pitt. 
uh, and San Jose State. I mean, those are two not power not power fives, but well, I guess one is, but still San Jose State still no joke. Uh, but you know, against Michigan week one, I mean, they started off nice, and then the wheels kind of fell off the second drive essentially. Um, and they scored 14 points there towards the end. I like Western. I like Ellaby in this game. I like his arm. I like their offensive line. I think they get it done this week against Buffalo. I think Buffalo has an opportunity to win this if the crowd gets into it. If if the stands are packed, if the fans are there ready to ready to cheer on the Bulls. So assuming Buffalo fills the place, I'm going to go Buffalo off of a late chip shot field goal. I think uh, the defense has the ability to rough up Ellaby a little bit. Um, force him into some bad throws, some untimely, whatever. So I'm going to pick Buffalo. That is going to be my pick for this week on that game. Moving on, Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois. Both of these teams have looked interesting this year. Eastern Michigan with a huge win over Texas State last week. Northern Illinois with a huge season opening win over Georgia Tech. Both have looked good. Both have looked bad. So who are you guys taking? This is at Northern Illinois. I, this is a hard one for me. I think I'm going to take, you know, honestly, off of what you just said, I'm probably going to just take Northern Illinois. They're at home. So I I am taking Northern Illinois against Eastern Michigan. Okay. You know, I'd love to go NIU. Uh, we've had a great conversation with Coach Hammock, friend of the program. We great convo with him at Media Day. Uh, but I'm going to go Eastern. I think Rocky Lombardi, you know, five touchdowns, five interceptions early on this year. That's rough. That's really rough, especially coming from Michigan State. Uh, ben Bryant here for uh, for Eastern. He's 46 of 71 in the year for 675 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I think the only thing that can really help NIU win this if they do is their running, running attack. Uh, their 88 carries for 487 yards is their leading rusher, uh, Harrison Wiley. I think that's the only way Northern Illinois pulls this out. I am going to take Eastern on this one as well. Um, they just, I mean, they've looked – more complete overall. I think Northern Illinois is in a little bit of a rebuild uh, after going 0-6 last year. Uh, they, got, they got the nice win to start the season against Georgia Tech. I think the the schlacking they got at Michigan this year, not, not what you want to prep for conference play. I think Northern Illinois keeps it close for a while. I think Eastern Michigan pulls away in the fourth quarter. Moving on, we've got Central Michigan at Miami, a rematch of the 2019 MAC Championship. This one should be a good one. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. This this one is going to be really close, I think. So where are you guys going? I'm going to take Central Michigan. I think, again, how we discussed a little bit earlier in the episode that, you know, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Miami, but mm-hmm. they can get hot at the right time. But I, I think I'm going to go – it's a little bit early in the season. Um, and just with the way they've, you know, been playing, coming out of non-conference, I'm going to take um, Central Michigan. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh... – the fighting Jim McElwain's uh, Central Michigan coach McElwain is fun on our show. You, know, you look at Central's non-conference; they went to Missouri. They held with them for a while too. Only lost that by ten. They went down to Death Valley at LSU, lost that one 49-21. And they beat FIU last week, thirty-one twenty-seven. I think uh, offensively, uh, you know, they're starting to move the ball. Jacob Sermon, a quarterback, he's a transfer from Washington. You know, he's six touchdowns, four picks on the year for six hundred eighty-two yards. I like their offense. I like their running attack. I think CME pulls this one. The line is that even? Yeah, it's even now. I was going to say uh, so it's I'm an sure, even line, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so I'm sure that'll change by Saturday. I'll probably, I'm assuming OU, or excuse me, Miami will be favored by three because they're home. Sure. I'm assuming that's the only thing that changes it. 
But outside of that, I go CMU. I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to pick Miami at home solely because they are at home. They've got the home crowd there. It's start of conference play, rematch of the 2019 MAC championship. I think Jack Sorensen heats up and takes his game to another level to start conference play. So I'm picking Miami at home. Next one we've got, and this is so weird to say, Akron with a better record than Ohio five games into the season as they as the Bobcats travel over to Akron to take on the Zips. OU is favored 62.5% over Akron, but I don't know. I it's this this one could be a lot more interesting than I think people are going to give it credit for. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I, you know, I was I was looking at this game and I was like I have honestly no idea, but I think I'm going to go it's hard. I think I'm going to go with Ohio just because I think they're going to have some extra, you know, they're going to want this game really badly. Obviously they're all in four right now. I think it's, they're going to have a little bit um, there. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's hard to say, even though I'm, I'm literally like, I honestly, right now I could go with Akron, <laughs> but I'm sticking with Ohio. Um, there's a little bit of improvement. I think in, in one of their running backs, I, I never say his name, right. Oshan Allison. Is that it? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, um, you know, he made some pretty good plays against Louisiana Northwestern. So I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, have some hope there. Um, but I think, you know, if he can uh, kind of take the take the wheel for um, the offense there, I could see Ohio pulling out uh, a win. Mm-hmm. You know, Akron's been a topic of ours ever since media day because our first conversation was with Coach Tom Arth. And uh, he wants to win at Akron so bad. You could tell in his, his conversation with us and watching the Ohio State-Akron game last week, you know, DJ Irons, a quarterback for Akron, can move the ball, either running it or throwing it. He does lead the team as he's their leading rusher as well. And he was able to move the ball a little you know, early on against Ohio State, you know, on quarterback reads, you know, getting outside the pocket in the bootleg. Um, so I really like Akron in this one just because of DJ Irons' play, both running the ball and throwing it. And uh, I think they get it done. Uh, on Saturday. I think Curtis Rourke for OU has a legacy to uphold. Um, A lot of Rourke's have uh, passed through Ohio in the last 10 years. So I think he has a legacy to uphold and recognizes that um, playing at Ohio as a Rourke is something special. I think that there's an opportunity for them to go into Akron and get not only their first conference win, but their first win of the season. But I do think Akron keeps this one close. Akron obviously getting the win over Bryant in week three. Um, I do think OU has a lot to figure out, and I think they start figuring it out week one, taking the win away from Akron. Mm-hmm. I mean, OU's favored by nine and a half, too. That's a lot of points for it is. a combined one-win game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, one in seven on the season is not a, uh, not a number you want to see for either team. But moving on to what should be an interesting game, at least if BG can keep it close, Bowling Green at Kent State. Obviously, BG coming in hot off of that win over Minnesota. The question is, is there going to be a little bit of a hangover from celebrating that, from that victory? What do you guys think? I've got, I I, I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. I have Kent State. Um, obviously, I think, you know, again, they're a super talented team with Dustin Crum. But um, although Bowling Green didn't, is coming off that, you know, upset, I think they are a team that coming into the MAC, it's going to be, um, a little bit difficult for um, them to beat a team like Kent State. And um, 
you know, Kent State, again, we've said they probably had the toughest non-conference play of the MAC East. So um, I think Kent State's going to be ready to face uh, this Bowling Green team. And yeah, I have Kent State. I'm going to go BG on this one. Uh, I think Matt McDonald's finally, you know, hit his stride early on in the year. Uh, he's completed 66.9% of his passes for 886 yards. He looked very good last week, obviously, but their rushing game is what concerns me a little bit. Uh, Nick Mosley, their leading rusher, has 17 attempts for 74 yards and no touchdowns. He's averaging 4.4 yards of carry. I think if BG is going to get it done, it's going to be through the air. And I really think McDonald's, like I said, finally found his stride. But again, this is going to be a shootout. I can see this being a high-scoring game. Uh, the over/under is 55 and a half. I think that over could be very obtainable in this one. Sure, I'm I'm going to go Kent as well. I think Kent just has such a high-powered offense. Um, Bowling Green, I'm, I'm concerned about the hangover. You saw it happen with Toledo versus Colorado State. They they lost that Notre Dame game, 32 to 29 and then just came out absolutely flat against Colorado State, losing at home 22-6. to That's what I'm worried about for Bowling Green is just how how much they are celebrating that win, which was a huge staple win for the program this year, a huge victory for a program who's really struggled since, since their last MAC championship. So I think that Kent State comes out, Dustin Crum is moving the ball, probably throws 300-plus yards. I'm going to go Kent State in this one. Last game of the day, AJ, I know this is a game that you're excited about uh, solely because of who the opponent is. Army at Ball State. This is a, this is going to be a good one. Ball State not looking as strong as they were projected to at the beginning of the season. But, man, what a what a win this would be for the Cardinals to to get right before they get back into conference play. I think for this one, this one's tough. I'm going to go – Solely because I, my grandpa went to Army. I think I got to go with them. He would be disappointed if I didn't, you know, <laughs> if I didn't say that. So um, that's basically the only reason, though. But I, I'm going to go with Army. Okay. You know, when I, when I was in school at Ball State, it had been 2013 when I transferred there. Army came to town. And uh, seeing a, one of the academies play, it doesn't really matter if, they're, if you're a fan or not. It's just cool to see. You know, and everybody comes to see, you know, that game, I think it was either family weekend or homecoming, but either way, the stadium was packed just because people wanted to see an academy. And But I obviously would love to be a homer here. Army's favored by nine. I'm probably going to go Army just for the simple fact that the option offense they run is nearly impossible to, to practice, to you know, to defend. It's tough. You, know, you see the biggest of schools have trouble with it. Army, Navy, they all run triple option. It's impossible to game plan for. I love Ball State to pull this out, but offensively they've been struggling lately. They struggled last week to move the ball, uh, only scoring four four field goals. So, just because of Army's offense, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the uh, Black Knights. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Army as well. Um, anytime, like AJ said, anytime your school gets to play a service academy, it's pretty special. It's a pretty cool thing to see. I I've got to go Army. Just you know, not playing you know, favorites here, not playing Mac favorites. Our army just looks good. Um, they're boasting a really phenomenal defense this year. Um, that offense, like he said, that triple option is just so difficult to stop, especially with the big schools. And then, you know, now you come to a Mac school, it's going to be even tougher. So I think I'm going to complete the trifecta there and also pick army. And I will get that graphic made and uploaded so that everybody can keep track and see how, how we did against the Buffalo expert, Sarah. And uh, it'll be fun to see 
which games we check off correctly and which ones get the big red X. Let's see, Ball State Army, though, that will be cool because it is a 5 o'clock kickoff, so the lights mm-hmm. will be on you know, at some point. So those uniforms sure. will look pretty sweet under the lights. Sure. So, Sarah, uh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to ask you if you have any social media things that you want to plug, uh, places people can find you and follow you and see your content, what you're doing with Buffalo. So if you want to take it away, by all means, go yeah. for it. So if um, my Instagram and Twitter are the same, they're both Sarah, it's S-A-R-A-A Holland, which is just spelled like the country. Um, so that's where you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And then um, the like the hockey team's Instagram is at you Buffalo hockey, I believe. And then all of my work will be posted there. I'll probably be reposting it on Twitter and Instagram. So that is primarily where you'll be able to uh, find me. Cool. And then did you have any parting messages for us? Anything you wanted to throw out to our listeners? Um, I guess that, you know, the max season is here. We're ready to, you know, have football back with fans and um, it's super exciting. Cool. Well, Thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. I appreciate it. AJ, did you have anything? I'm all sad. I'm hungry. So cool. I haven't, haven't done dinner yet. Fair enough. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Please continue to follow us on social media at College Sport Pod on Twitter. On our Instagram, you can find us at the CSC Podcast. We're going to be posting more graphics, more photos, more videos, whatever, as we continue to build that base. We appreciate the love and support you guys have shown us. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. See you.